Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for bringing us to your holy mountain this morning. And Lord, just feeling your presence here with us today, Lord, we're so grateful. Now, Lord, as we come to this time to hear your voice as you speak to us and teach us from your word, Lord, I pray that that's exactly what happens. Lord, that you would teach us, teach us to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ, to do what we've been called to do here on this earth, to bring you glory and honor with our lives. So bless this time now, Lord. Teach us, let us hear you, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear what you have for us today. This I pray in Christ's name, amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This morning we're continuing our study there, and we'll be looking at verses 14 through 21 this morning. 1 Corinthians 4, 14 through 21. You know, every Christian is called to be a spiritual parent. Every Christian is called to be a spiritual parent, whether you're a biological parent or not. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, God has called you to be a spiritual parent. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I have taught you. And that commission... Christ commissioned his disciples, which are those who follow him, his, uh, all Christians. He commissions us to make disciples, to become spiritual parents to other people. Uh, that's part of our duty as Christians is to be spiritual parents for, uh, to others. Now, if we are called to be spiritual parents, then it would be helpful to know what a faithful spiritual parent looks like. And so, fortunately for, this, for us, Paul teaches us that. In our passage today, 1 Corinthians 4, 14 through 21, Paul displays for us the marks of a faithful spiritual parent. And so today, we're going to see six marks of a spiritual parent. Six marks of a spiritual parent. And as we look at these, we're going to learn this, that spiritual parenthood is hard, but it's also very rewarding. It's hard. It's not easy, but it's very rewarding. So my desire today is to encourage and equip you, each one of you, to be spiritual parents to other people. So as we look at our, our, our passage this morning, we do want to remember that Paul has been addressing the problem of factionalism in the church there in Corinth. Uh, This paragraph here concludes the first part of the letter, which Paul has really been driving home, uh, why we shouldn't have have factions within the church. We shouldn't have divisions in the church. And as he he has addressed those who are, are leading the church into factionalism, and now he leads them, leaves them with a, a model of faithful leadership and of faithful spiritual parenthood. And so that's what we're looking at this morning. If you found your place there in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, please stand with me 
and reverence to the reading of God's holy word. Hear the word of the Lord. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you, Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant, as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. So six marks of a spiritual parent. A spiritual parent, first of all, admonishes. A spiritual parent admonishes. Look there at our text. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. Uh, A spiritual parent admonishes. Uh, That is, a spiritual parent warns, right? We warn our kids when they're doing things that might hurt them. And so it is with a spiritual parent. A spiritual parent warns, admonishes his, spiritual, his or her spiritual children. Now, as one admonishes his or her children, uh, you don't do it to provoke them to anger. Right? Paul says, I'm not doing this to, to shame you. I'm not writing these things to make you ashamed. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, he tells fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. When we discipline our children, we don't discipline them to anger them, to, to make them have, to resent us, right? There's a way that we can parent to make our ch- children resent us and to act out against our discipline rather than to receive it as it is, as a loving gesture to help them in life. And so we, we're not to admonish in cruelty. We're not to admonish out of a bad attitude just because we're angry with a person. But we admonish the, our spiritual children. We admonish them. We warn them. That is a very important part of not just the, of, of spiritual parenthood, but of the church. The church in general. In fact, Scripture tells us that the whole church is supposed to admonish one another. The pastors are responsible for admonishing uh, other, congreg- other, other congregants. 1 Thessalonians 5.12 We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, who warn you, who give out the warning. He continues on and shows that it's also the responsibility of every church member to admonish one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, 
Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the, one, let the word of the Lord dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And so each and every one of us are called to admonish one another. As we, we look and, and we help one another in the Lord, we're to help one another grow in our relationship with Christ. And therefore, as we, we look at one another, as we spend time with one another, if we see a fellow brother or sister in Christ uh, doing something that's harmful, doing something that's against the word of the Lord, it is wise for us, it's loving for us to admonish them, to warn them, hey, look, and this is bad. What you're doing is, is sin. You need not to do that. We admonish one another. We warn one another in the Lord. We set out that warning. A spiritual parent admonishes spiritual children just as a biological parent admonishes their children. If you come in and you see your child playing with fire, what are you going to do? If you keep playing with fire, you're going to get burned, right? You're going to warn that child. You're going to tell them, here's what you're doing. What you're doing is not good, and here's what's going to happen. Here are the consequences. If you keep playing with fire, you're going to get burned. And we should do that with our spiritual children. We should admonish them when we see them doing something that is, is dangerous, not helpful, but actually leading them away from the Lord, we should admonish them. We should warn them about the actions that they're taking. So a spiritual parent admonishes their spiritual children. Second, a spiritual parent loves. A spiritual parent loves. Go back to the text there, that first verse. Uh, I admonish you as my beloved children. Look at that word there, beloved children. Now, this word here is the, the word agapetos, agapetos. Uh, and this one, it means one who dearly, one who is dearly loved and cherished. So Paul's saying, I dearly love you, I cherish you by calling them beloved children. Now, in the New Testament, there are basically two kinds of love. Like, we have one word for love. It's just love. That's it. That's what we have. In the Greek language, there's actually four terms for love, but we see two in the New Testament scriptures. Oh, one word for love is the word philia. Philia. Now, this may sound familiar to you. Philia, like Philadelphia. Philadelphia, that word, the, the name, the title Philadelphia means city of brotherly love. And that's kind of what philia is, that kind of love. It's a, a love based upon an interpersonal association. So it's a, a, it's a brotherly love. But the word for beloved is derived from the second kind of love in Scripture, agape or agape. Agape, you've probably heard that before, and you've heard people talk about it before in Scripture. Agape is a love based upon a deep appreciation or high regard for a person. In other words, it's not based upon association. It's not a brotherly love, but it's a, a, a deep love. It's a lasting love. It, it's a, a decisive love. I, I decide I, I'm going to set my love upon you. And this is the kind of love that's always 
uh, used when, when Scripture talks about God loving his people. He agapes them. He sets his love upon his people, and he loves them regardless of, of their mistakes. He loves them regardless of their errors. And that's what Paul is saying. This is the kind of love that he, show, he is showing to the Corinthians, to his spiritual children. He loves them deeply. He loves them, and he, 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 he's choosing to love them. He sets his love upon them. Now, why is it important that we love as spiritual parents in this manner? Because if our love is based upon just an association, if it's just that brotherly love, what happens when that person messes up? When they sin against us? When they break our hearts? Well, then we end that association and we go on down the road, right? But Paul says, I agape you. You're my beloved. I set my love upon you. And even though Corinthians, though you're messing up, right? They are messing up. They, they have some problems in Corinth. And even though they are messing up, even though they have all of these divisions in the church, and as we move on next week, we're going to see there's immoral, there's a lot of immorality in the church as well. And even though they have all these problems, Paul says, you're my beloved. I love you despite all your mistakes, despite all of your errors. And that's what it takes to be a spiritual parent. You've got to love your disciple as Christ loved the church. You've got to love your disciples with agape love. You've got to set your love upon them because let me tell you, they will mess up. You get a young Christian who's coming up. They don't know. They're not deep into it, right? They haven't been taught this their whole lives. They're fresh. They're new. They're going to mess up and they're going to break your heart. And if you've got a, a fillet kind of love, if you've got a brotherly love for them, you're going to just write, write them off. But you've got to agape. You've got to love them. You've got to set your love on them. You have to decide, I'm going to love you whether you like it or not. Right? I'm going to love you no matter what you do. I'm going to love you regardless. And that's the kind of love we have for our children, isn't it? That's the kind of love we have for our, our kids. Mary Beth and I, we have some, some kinfolk that uh, their little boy, I don't know, he was probably three at the time, somewhere in that, that uh, age range. And, and one day, you know, he, he learned how to draw Snoopy, or at least some kind of dog that looked kind of like Snoopy. And, and so he just thought it would be so cool to engrave Snoopy in the side of their brand new Suburban. And so mama came out and right? Now, if they fillet their boy, they might send him off to be to adoption, right? But that's not the kind of love that a parent loves a child. A parent loves a child with agape. It's a deep appreciation, a deep love for their child. And so, yeah, they warned him, don't do that again. They admonished him, but they still loved him. His mistake, his error, didn't change their love for him. And that's, dear friend, if you want to be a spiritual parent, that's the kind of, that kind, that's the kind of love you got to love your spiritual kids with, your disciples with. you got to love them no matter what. A spiritual parent loves their children, their spiritual children. 
Third, so a spiritual parent admonishes, a spiritual parent loves, and third, a spiritual parent reproduces. A spiritual parent reproduces, or you might say a, a spiritual parent begets. He begets, or he, she begets. That's what Paul is getting at when he says this in verse 15. For though you have countless guides in Christ, now that word guides there uh, is, is a word that, that's used to, in reference to slaves at the time, they would have these household slaves who would take care of their kids. They would be kind of like the nanny who would make sure their kids are, are well educated. They take them to school, make sure they got all their lessons done, make sure their homework was finished, and, and make sure they, were, they, they learned, right? They were educated. Uh, but they were just helpers. They were just nannies. So it, you could think of it like that, for you have countless nannies in Christ, right? You have people who are instructing you, who are tutoring you, who are caring for you, but you do not have many fathers, for I became your father. Literally, what he says there is, I beget you in Christ Jesus. I beget you in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And you know, what Paul is getting at here is he, he birthed them in a sense. He, he became their father when he came to Corinth and he preached the gospel and they began to believe in the Lord and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he became their spiritual father. He beget them in the Lord. And that's what we've got to do. If we're going to be spiritual parents, we've got to beget. We've got to reproduce. What does that mean? That means you've got to share the gospel. You've got to share the gospel. The only way you become a spiritual parent is to share the gospel with the lost so that they can become children of God. So that they can become followers of Jesus Christ. You can't be a spiritual parent to a lost person. You can only be a spiritual parent to one who has been born again by the Holy Spirit. You can only be a spiritual parent to one who has come to faith in Jesus Christ. So if you want to be a spiritual parent, dear friend, you've got to share the gospel. You've got to open your mouth. You know, there are countless numbers of Christians who will never be spiritual parents simply because they will not open their mouth and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. We sit back in fear and never know the, the joy of spiritual parenthood because we are too afraid to share Christ with the lost. Dear friend, if you want to be a spiritual parent, you've got to reproduce. You've got to share the gospel. You've got to see people come to faith in the Lord. And then when they come to faith in the Lord, that's your child. You're responsible. You're responsible. See, this is one of the big problems with, with the church in the past few decades is the church has missed this. The church sees people saved and say, okay, now just come to church and you'll be all right. But the church hasn't taken the time to father, to mother these new believers, to teach them what it means to be a Christian. And we've got we to do that. Oh, spiritual parenthood is absolutely important. We've got to teach young believers the ways of the faith. And so if you want to be a spiritual parent, You've got to reproduce. You've got to beget. You've got to share the gospel and see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. So spiritual parents admonish. Spiritual parents love. And 
reproduce. Fourth, spiritual parents exemplify. A spiritual parent exemplifies. Uh, that is, a spiritual parent is a model, right? Is a model. It sets an example for his or her spiritual children. When we think about natural childhood, when our natural parenthood, our, our children, how is the first way that they learn how to do anything? By modeling mama and daddy, by modeling their parents, by modeling others. They learn to walk by looking, oh, oh. They're walking on their, their two legs. They're not just crawling around like I am. They're, they're using two legs. And so they learn to walk by watching mom and daddy walk. They learn to talk by listening to us talk. And the same thing is true with spiritual, with spiritual parenthood. Our spiritual children learn by following our examples. And that's why Paul says here, I urge you then, be imitators of me. Be imitators of me. Now, that's, that's, that's big, isn't it? Uh, we're kind of hesitant to say such a thing. It almost sounds a little pride. Why don't you follow after my example? Now, that seems proud, but isn't that the way it should be? Shouldn't we, as, as mature Christians, shouldn't we set a good example for those whom we've witnessed to, whom we've brought to the Lord? Shouldn't we set the example for them? And we are to set the example for everyone. We're to model Christ-like behavior in the church and outside of the church. We're to model Christ. And that's what Paul's saying here. Be imitators of me. You've got some bad examples who are leading you into factionalism. You've got some bad examples who are leading you into immorality. But here I'm setting the example for you. Follow my example. Follow my example. And he goes on there. He, he shows that. He works that out. Be imitators of me. Be, uh, I urge you then to be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways. See, he's even sent Timothy. Timothy is a model of the model. Timothy has been a, a follower of Paul, a follower of Jesus Christ, and a follower of Paul for, for many years at this point when Paul writes this letter to Corinth. And Timothy has learned how to model Paul, and, and it's showing. Now he is a, a faithful servant of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And that's what you get when you got a, a faithful follower of Jesus Christ set an example. Then you have their followers coming up, and they're growing into Christ-likeness themselves. We're to set the example. Now, what, what is Paul setting the example for here? Well, of course, we have in context here, Paul is setting them the example to live in humility. That's what he has been working at. In fact, the last paragraph uh, we saw there that, that the apostles were spectacles, fools, sufferers, and scum in the world, right? They show absolute humility, and that is true. But he's also setting them the example of Christ-like behavior because later on in, in chapter 11, verse 1, he says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. You know, that's huge, too. Because Paul's not here saying that he's perfect. He knows he's not perfect. He knows there's sin in his life. That's why in Romans he, he talks about, uh, oh, this oh, oh, wretched man that I am who will save me from this body of flesh. Right? He understands his own sin nature. He's not telling them to follow him in every single way. He's saying, follow me, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. 
See, that's important too. To be honest with ourselves and be honest with our spiritual children when we fail, when we mess up, when we fall into sin, we got to be able to say, you know, I messed up there. I'm sorry. I didn't set a good example there. I know in my life as a, a father, there's been several occasions where I've had to say to Gabby, Gabby, I'm sorry. I messed up. I lost my temper and I shouldn't have. I did something I shouldn't have done. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. I set a bad example. And as, as just as a, a, a biological parent has to uh, apologize to their children every now and again, so should a spiritual child or a spiritual parent apologize to their disciples, to their spiritual children. I messed up. This was sin. I'm sorry. Don't do this. Don't do this. Follow me as I follow Christ. You see, a hypocrite, a hypocritical parent says, do as I say, but not as I do. But a sincere parent says, do as I say, as I do. As I set the example. You want to be a spiritual parent, exemplify Christ to your spiritual children. So a spiritual parent admonishes, loves, reproduces, and exemplifies. Fifth, a spiritual parent teaches. A spiritual parent, parent teaches. Look there again at verse 17. That is why I sent to you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ Jesus. Notice this. As I teach them everywhere in every church. As I teach them everywhere in every church. Paul was a teacher. And that's a very important part of being a spiritual parent is teaching. You have to teach, right? You set the example, and that's good and great, but there comes a point in time where you have to teach, where you have to say, here's why I do the things I do. Here's what Scripture tells us. Here's what Scripture teaches us. You practice what you teach, but you also have to teach what you practice. You've got to teach what you practice. I can remember as a child going fishing with my granddad. My granddad taught me how to fish. Right? He's the one who first taught me how to fish. And I learned a lot by just by watching his example. Yeah, I watched how he, he put the hook out there in the water, and we, we cane fished. Cane pole, you know, y'all know about that. That's what he liked to do. And so he'd get his cane pole, and we put the cane pole. And I, I watched him, right? Here's how he does it. And I would, I would model him. I would try to do that. But, you know, I can only get so far modeling granddaddy. Uh, eventually, he had to kind of show me, all right, here's how you tie a hook on. Here's how you bait the hook. There had to be some instruction take place. And that's the way it is in spiritual parenthood. You've got to teach. You may not be a gifted teacher. Like I'm, I have the gift of teaching. Other people here, if you're, you're teaching in a life group, you probably have a gift of teaching. But not everybody has that gift of teaching, but everybody has to teach. Just like you have to teach your children certain things. You, you model as far as you can, but there comes a time you've got to teach them. All right, here's how you ba 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 bad sheep, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you have to help them sound out those words. You've got to teach. And that's the same thing in spiritual parenthood. You've got to teach them. You've got to help them walk through the Scriptures. You've got to teach them how to, how to read the Bible, how to study the Bible, how to apply the Bible to their lives. 
That's what discipleship is all about. It's teaching them how to become more like Jesus Christ. How to grow in their relationship with the Lord. So a faithful teacher, a faithful a spiritual parent teaches. A, faithful, uh, a, a spiritual parent admonishes, loves, reproduces, exemplifies, teaches, and finally, a spiritual parent disciplines. A spiritual parent disciplines. Notice what he says there in those last few verses. Some are arrogant. There are some there in the church who are arrogant, right? They're prideful. He's been addressing them. As though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills. If it's the Lord's desire, I'll be there. And I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. Paul understands that he is get, he's got the gift that the Lord has given him to, to be an apostle. There, there's spiritual giftedness here. And the, the, the word of the Lord comes in power, not just talk. These arrogant people, they've just got talk. Paul says, but I got the power of the Lord on my side. And we're going to see who's got the power, right? Who's got the power of the Lord on their side. But then notice what he says. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? Do I come to you with a rod? That is, do I come to you with discipline? As a disciplinarian? To rebuke you? Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. That rod is, is a, an analogy or an example of, of disciples, I mean, excuse me, of discipline. That's what he's talking about. Do I come with a rod? Do I come with discipline? Because that's what you do with a rod, right? You spank with a rod. You whoop them with a rod. That's what we call it here in the South. We whoop them, right? You get a whooping. You get a whooping with a rod. And that's what he's getting at. Now, how do we, how do we discipline, say, adults, right? We're, we're talking about a spiritual parenthood with spiritual children, which are probably more along our peers. We're, they're, they're, they're adults. How, how, do you, how do you discipline adults well there are a number of ways that you discipline adults one is what paul is doing here in this letter he, he's getting on to them he's saying look guys y'all are messing up y'all are missing the boat here you need to stop this you need to get on track this is this is part of discipline it's a, it's a part of that admonishing them warning them and saying hey wake up look look what's going on here you're messing up you need to stop this. You're going down the wrong track. You're going into something that's deadly. And you need to stop that. How else do we discipline? Now we're going to break off into this next week because as we move on in, down the letter, he gets into a, a church discipline. How else do you discipline a, a spiritual child? One way is you remove fellowship. You just have to break fellowship. If they won't take the warning, eventually there comes a time to say, hey, I love you. And if this is how you choose to live, this is sin against God. 
God despises this kind of attitude. He despises this kind of behavior. And if you're going to act like this, I'm sorry. I love you, but I can't be around you. If this is the avenue you're going to go down, then you're going to have to go on it alone because I can't go, it, I can't go that with you. There comes a point in time where our, our, with our spiritual children, if they're following that wrong path, that you just have to pull back and say, I'm sorry, but I can't be with you. I'm going to have to remove my fellowship. I can't hang out with you if you're going to drink all the time. I can't hang out with you if you're going to be high every time that we're together. I can't hang out with you if I know you've got porn hanging on your wall or, or you've got porn on your computer. I can't hang out with you if you're going to watch filth. I can't hang out with you if you're going to uh, go to the bar and, and chase women and all of these things. There comes a time that we just got to remove that fellowship. I love you, but I can't be with you. In hopes that they come back to the Lord and get back on the right path. We don't like discipline, do we? In fact, we don't like, we don't like talking about church discipline anymore at all. We don't like discipline. We don't like discipline. I remember growing up as a kid and, and you know, hearing that old old phrase you know this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you and I thought yeah right I don't get that I got it as a parent though I really got it as a parent because you know what I, I don't want to hurt my child I don't want to be the cause of her pain but you know what if I see her going down a road and I know that the pain that I inflict on her is nothing compared to what to what the pain she's going to feel going down the road that she's on, the bad road that she's on, I will gladly inflict pain to get her, get her off of that course. It hurts us to hurt the ones we love. But if it helps them get back straight and get on, on the road of, 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 of Christ-likeness, get, get back in their relationship with the Lord, then we've got to take on the hurt, the uncomfortable uh, act of discipline and lovingly tell them, hey, look, I love you, but I can't do this. A spiritual parent disciplines his or her spiritual children. A spiritual parent admonishes, love, reproduces, exemplifies, teaches, and disciplines his or her spiritual children. Parents Spiritual parenthood, like I say, it's hard work. It is hard work. It comes with its ups and its downs. It comes with those glorious moments. Oh, praise Lord. They see the light. They're getting it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And it comes with those down lows, Lord. They're messing up. They messed up. They're falling away. Lord, help them. It comes with the highs and it comes with the lows, but it's so rewarding. You think it wasn't rewarding for Paul to send Timothy and say, look at him. Look at my child. See how he is. Isn't he, doesn't he look like Jesus? Isn't he living like Jesus? There had to be a little bit of pride in Paul to send Timothy and say, this is my beloved child in Christ Jesus who is a servant of the Lord. Yes, it's hard, but it is rewarding. 
Do you want to know the blessings of spiritual parenthood? And share the gospel with the, the people around you, with your, your family, your friends, your neighbors. Share the gospel so that you might see someone come to faith in Jesus Christ. Take the time to invest in them, to, to dig in with them and go through the hard work of, of teaching them how to be a follower of Jesus. Invest time, invest energy, invest your love in them. And know the joy of spiritual parenthood. Now certainly there are those here today who you don't, you've never, you've never become, you, you've never been born again. You've never been born again because you've never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want you to know today you can be born again. You can get on the road to discipleship. You can become a spiritual child if you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He came, stepped down out of heaven. He came into this world. He lived a perfect life for your sake. And he died on the cross for your sake, paying the penalty for your sins so that you might have everlasting life in him. If you'll only trust in him, trust in him today. Become a child of God. And then allow someone here the privilege and the pleasure of being a, a spiritual parent to you, teaching you the ways of our Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, it is a huge responsibility to be a spiritual parent. A responsibility that I fear far too many Christians neglect and never experience the joy of. Oh, Lord, I pray that this church, that First Bastrop, would be faithful in discipleship as you've called us to be faithful in discipleship. That we would do the hard work. We would go through the good times and the bad times with young believers. Teaching them your ways, O oh Lord. Seeing them grow and knowing the joy of spiritual parenthood. Lord, guide us in that. Teach us in that. So that we might be faithful. And Lord, if there are those, and surely there are some here today, Lord, who've never trusted in you. Lord, I just pray that today they, they would turn to you. Receive the gift of salvation. Be born again. And start that road of discipleship. Becoming more like you. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.